welcome to this edition of the Fair Data Podcast, where we discuss all things fair, making data findable, accessible, interoperable, and reusable. I'm Rory McNeil, host of the Fair Data Podcast, and my guest today is Frédéric Belliard, who is Open Publishing Officer at the Technical University of Delft. Frédéric, welcome. It's great to have you on the podcast. Uh, thank you, Rory. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. So actually, before we get into your, your work in open publishing, I, I noticed that you spent some time in Scotland at the University of St. Andrews, which is just not too far from where I am in Edinburgh. So tell us a bit about your time there and your experience as a scientific researcher. Yeah, my time in Scotland was one of the best experiences I had. Um, I spent three years there. And I, on a personal level, I really connected to the place, maybe because I'm from an island in the Caribbean, Martinique. So the landscape, the river, the people, I mean, reminded me of home. So I felt a bit at home. Of course, the temperature was completely different, but uh, <laughs> it was a bit cold with the wind and the rain, but it was really nice. And in addition, I discovered haggis, which I like. <laughs> a lot of people do not, but I really love haggis. And I, I discovered golf, so I was playing golf. So, I mean, it was really, really nice. I mean, basically, the people were really welcoming there. And so I was there to do my PhD. And um, as, a, as a start, it was a bit challenging because my English was really basic and the accent in Scotland is a bit different. So, But basically, I had a very supportive group and uh, researcher and team. And that was really important because, you know, when you start something new, you are doing some research. If your surrounding is not supported, it's very difficult to, 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 to get going. So I have to say I was really lucky and uh, people were supportive. It was a stimulating environment with the different groups. And the, because of the location, so even if you feel pressure, you just have to walk out, walk on the beach, play golf, come back. Going to Edinburgh also, we did that a few times. And then you come back and uh, turn up your experiment or do something. So as a researcher, I have to say I learned a lot. That's what I learned, how to be a researcher, you know, how to conduct, conduct research, how to present your research, how to present your research in a conference, at a conference. So it was a great time. I don't know. For me, it was one of the best time uh, I had. Oh, that's uh, that's great. Um, so... It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, Scotland is great. Although I have to say, at the moment, I'm looking out the window and it's uh, it's raining heavily. <laughs> but anyway, there we go. November. Yeah. So uh, so, but uh, after your experience as a, as a researcher in St Andrews, fairly on in your career, you moved across to publishing. So what led to the move? Uh, two reasons. Very simple one. I had a long. I studied very long without any break. So I really needed a break. I needed to breathe, you know, and, and uh, because after my PhD, I did a postdoc and I really say now it's enough. I need time for myself. And also during my postdoc, that's why postdoc are for actually, I realized I was not made for teaching. <laughs> this is not something I will go into. And also, I mean, if I wanted to stay in academia, in academia I had to, you know, apply for grants. And I'm thinking, when I was looking at my other colleague, I'm like, you spend more time writing grants than actually doing the research. And that was not happening, happening to me, although I love research. So I took a break and I still wanted to be in contact with research. And when the job uh, was offered to me to, you know, to start something in publishing, I'm thinking, oh, that's fantastic, actually. I don't have to do the research, but I'm in contact with the research, the latest development. Why not? And that's why I went into it. So... 
I'm learning a lot, actually. Um, you know, I learn a lot with that. But also I approach publishing issues like a research project. So in essence, for me, I'm still doing research, just not in the lab. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That's a really interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think you, I think you've, you've now been, it's been 15 years or so that you've been involved in, in publishing and, and academic publishing. And obviously there've been enormous changes in the, in publishing in particular, including the shift towards open publishing over that period. So what would you say are some of the, the most important developments that you've observed? <sighs> That's a great question. I'm not sure. I would say maybe one of the biggest will be the involvement of institutions like libra- li- libraries or universities, you know, because they play an, import- an important role in all this open access movement and open publishing. As soon as it was, you know, it was required for authors who receive uh, f- funding from the state or research in- institution to make their research available to all free of charge, that was really a, a big change. So we have to change the way uh, we publish. So, you know, it's impacted the com- commercial publishers. So they have to make room for this type of uh, uh, research output. And I, in any way, and also I think it boosted, um, 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 how to say, uh, the, the start of uh, university academic press, university presses. You have a lot of university presses here. We have one also, but you have so many of them. Uh, and it just, I think it changes the way we see research, the way we see how we should publish. But also, um, um, because publishing is part of the academic life, huh? I mean, you, the research or teacher, you, can, you cannot escape it. <laughs> There's no way around it. Um, and and, and so they, they want to share their, their experiences. They want to communicate their findings. So, um, and this for them, I guess, it opens the door for them. So researchers thinking, oh, we have a bit more possibilities. You know, and that I think to be more visible, to make more impact, and I think that uh, in itself uh, also influences the, um, uh, the way research is done. I mean, we are not there yet, but the way I did research maybe back in the days, it's not the way people are conducting research anymore. The way they publish now is completely different, and I think this is one of the, yeah, I think this is a big change. And also, of course, the change in the print. You don't print uh, barely any print uh, print journal anymore. That's a really, um, uh, yeah, that's completely passé. Yeah, well, that's really, well, I want to pick up on the university publishing that you mentioned in a minute. But actually, this, the, the print thing is interesting, of course, because when everything is digital, then it gives opportunities for traceability and linking to other digital objects, which, which didn't exist yeah. when you just had print. So I suppose that's... Uh, is that something that you you think about in open publishing, kind of beyond the publication, but how the broader universe of of, uh, of of digital objects in research? Yeah, yeah, because you know when you do research, you know, I mean, classically or uh, traditionally, you only see the last the finding, the most important finding. But to get there, you know, you, a lot of work has been gone into this. So all the dif- the different objects, research objects, are important. And it's important now in this uh, digital age to connect them. Because, uh, you know, if you publish an article of a book, it's probably interesting for you to know where the data comes from. How do they collect the data? You know, and uh, and uh, also, oh, why? They, they, they wrote a presentation, they, they did a presentation. I'm curious to see how did they present their work to uh, this conference, 
for example. So I think it is, and it's actually, I will call it an enhancement of the publication, the maybe an enhancement, but it's a whole ecosystem. The data needs, uh, uh, need, uh, all the objects, they need each other because they, they form a whole. Because you have a research project for three years. So <laughs> believe me, you work for three years, 24 hours a day. So everything has, it's a story. I see it as a story. Just <laughs> a beginning, a middle, at the end. And the story has a different chapter. So I, I, I um, you cannot, um, uh, you cannot, uh, how to say, give more importance to this particular research object compared to another one. All of them are equally important. Yeah, that's a, I agree with you, and I and I think this. I like the story analogy, and I think that that uh, with all the stress on and the data world on machine actionability, which is which is important, and kind of the almost the uh, the narrative is 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 a bad thing. I I don't really agree with that. I I I view it the same way you do. It's more like a holistic um, thing where all all of these things need to come together, and and it. I, I actually agree. I think that. You know the notion that just the, just the narrative, just the paper without the data. Yes, a, a correct. That that's not that's not right. But making everything just machine actionable bits, so that you can run, um, you know, compute over it. I, I don't think that's the answer either. You need you need both. I, I, I yeah, I'm in the same camp as you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it would be a bit boring. I mean, you know, if you go back to the analogy, story analogy, you have people who prefer thrillers, uh, romantic novels, or I don't know, adventure. So you need to make it flexible. So yeah. you need to fit every, you know, it's not because you are working on something on biology, somebody working in uh, humanities will not find it interesting. You don't know. You don't know. So that's why it's important to have everything out there. Yeah, yeah. Actually, nowadays it's about uh, cross-disciplinary uh, research. You, do, you are not saying in your little little field. Actually, you should not be narrow-minded. You should be open-minded. That's why we call open open publishing. I, I believe so. Uh, so tell us a bit about uh, at TU Delft open publishing. What, what's your main focus there, and what are the, some of the innovations you're, you've introduced? Well, a trade of open publishing is a university press of the Technical University of Delft. We exist for a bit more than three years. Um, yeah, we follow the diamond model, meaning it's free to publish for, for free to publish. And we have community driven open access journal and an open license. I mean, we just, um, so we, we publish books, textbooks for our students and we have open access journal, of course. Um, but what's important is uh, we only publish um, uh, output uh, with subjects that are relevant to trade of researchers. So that's, uh, so that's, that's important. And for us, um, the researcher or the teacher is at the center of our services. So, and of course, the output. So that's just what our focus. So basically, we are there to serve our community and to help them disseminate their research regardless what it is. That's what we are trying to do. And uh, so, of course, to make impact, increase their visibility. So, um, and we are, in the next two years, we are trying to, we try maybe to focus on two uh, faculty because we have eight faculty at the TVDF. It's a lot and more than 40 institutes. So we are going to, to focus on two disciplines and to build and focus their publishing program. So um, that's what we are going to do. Um, so during the last three years, we talk about innovation. So as I said, 
you know, transparency, and I call it fair recognition, not fair like in fair data, but fair recognition is very important to us. So one of the first things we, we introduce in our policy, although it's very difficult to implement because some people still are, how to say, reluctant to use this kind of uh, new tool, this uh, credit, I guess you are familiar with it. Uh, credit, you know, it's a contributor world, world taxonomy, you know, it's kind of a smart way to... Um, better indicate uh, every research contribution. You know, you have four predefined roles. And for example, if somebody who helps you secure funding and she writes a paper, it's not going to be listed as a first author, but you will say this person uh, was responsible as a funding acquisition. I think this is a transparent way of acknowledging somebody um, in a publication. And we struggle with that. Yeah, interesting. I know... Um... Uh, Marta Teprick also at uh, TU Delft and, and several others wrote a kind of a manifesto recently yes. saying that um, uh, people in data steward roles should be, are actually taking part in, of course, con contributing to the research and they should be given, they should be viewed as, as, a, as an academic contributor rather than just kind of a, a support type. Uh, so that's, I guess that's kind of related to your, your point about who's, yes. who's, who's, who's contributing should be credited. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I totally agree with uh, Malta. This, uh, this is really, we have this problem in the library. <laughs> it's a big problem because we are all of, all of us have PhD postdoc and we contribute to something and the data curator should be acknowledged. That's really important. So we are trying to do that, you know, and uh, it's not that easy to implement. Some people say yes, some people say no. Uh, they don't see the point because they used to do it like this five years ago. They still want to keep doing it. Yeah. So this is um, one of the first things we introduce. Um, like I mentioned before, we are a digital publisher, so we never consider printing any book or textbooks. But somehow, somehow, uh, there is a huge demand for it. So we we offer now a print on demand. Uh, with an external partner, so we do not handle this. So this is actually very nice. So people can, you know, they publish their book with us and they can order their copy with our partner. And that's uh, actually was really needed, especially for the textbooks. So uh, that's what we did. Um, there's something else we did. It's actually very interesting. It's like um, um, uh, we call it co-creation. -cre co so we work with uh, other publishers who have already you know, the old-fashioned hard copy books. And we are trying to make those books to bring them to the digital age. So it means working with the open license, everything copyright. And this is what we do. So when there is a book which is interesting, of course, we fall under the scope of TUDEF Open, we transform it into an open access book or open access article or open access textbooks. And then, so basically... In simple, we are the digital publisher and the, our partner, they are the traditional publisher, print publisher. And actually, it's very successful. It's a huge demand and it's in the field of architecture, for example. Those people print a lot. So uh, that's what they like. Yeah. 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 So what would be the, from the point of view of the, let's say, the researcher who's produced the article or the book, um, what, what would their consideration be to, to publish with say TU Delft Open Publishing versus a, uh, you know, a domain uh, publication in their in their field. Are... Yeah, I think you have to be honest because it's free. <laughs> this is the price. I mean, the cost. Also, we do have open access funding, uh, but for example, for a book, 
Uh, I mean, uh, it's some booking costs of more to 10, 30, 30,000. And with mm -hmm. us, it's, when I say it's free, nothing is ever free, but basically you can write your book, you can think it doesn't cost you, it costs you nothing. Of course, if you want a special design, it will cost you something, but it will never be beyond 5,000, you know. So actually you can absorb that into your grants. So if you have a grant to do research, this is possible. I think that will be this. And also some people, they, they really support this idea of university presses. And then you know that the money stay within uh, the university instead of giving it to commercial publishers. Um, I think this is, and some people, they are just for open science, open license. And also the main thing I forgot to say, when you publish with us, you, the, you own your copyright. Yeah, the copyright is with the authors. What happens is a lot of our authors, they go and sign a deal with a commercial publisher and realize, oh, I gave away my, <laughs> my copyright as an author. Yeah. yeah. With us, it doesn't happen. Right. So, yeah. And is there, is there any, is, is, how, how does, how do you handle, is there peer review in the, in the process or how does that work? For us? Yeah, for you. Yeah. 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 All our content are, are peer review or reviewed by experts because some people are allergic to that. Yeah. Yeah. No, all our content are, are reviewed. So this is one also of the condition. You don't, uh, yeah, it has to be reviewed. Doesn't matter if it's a conference book, uh, it has to be reviewed by the scientific committee. And uh, we do have a board of editors also. So, uh, no, no, we do, uh, no, no, it has to be reviewed. That's really interesting. Yeah. I didn't really know much about, about kind of university presses, or I was aware of them years ago when they were traditional publishing books, but I didn't. This is really interesting. So, yeah. So, on this on this podcast, the Fair Data podcast, we we talk mostly about data rather than publications. It's really good to have someone like you, who looks at the world from a, a publishing perspective. Uh, of course, as you as you explained, you've also got a researcher's perspective, but you've been deeply involved in publishing. So uh, there's this whole movement uh, towards kind of deconstruction of the publication and focusing on the underlying components that go into the publication, especially the underlying data. Uh, as important research objects in their in their own right. So, from from a publisher's perspective, or uh, how do you think about this move to focusing on on data sets as research objects uh, in their own right? You've already said that they're part of the larger story, but um, do you think they're they're impacting the way that that people think about publications as well? Or yeah, it it does. It does. I mean, when you do research, who doesn't produce data? We produce a lot of data. And some of them are, are and and all this work are relevant, positive or negative. Because as a researcher, why do you, you do the research? But what you want to do also is to share your research, share your experience in order to advance research also, or science in this case. So data play a, an, an important role also. I will not say it's more important, than, but it plays an important role because you start with that. I will say, of course, you think about the process, but you something physical, tangible. This is what you do. You have a lot. So I think it's very important. And also, it's, it's, it, I mean, if we are talking about uh, uh, um, discontracting publication, I think it's time to talk about discontracting publication. <laughs> but it's also time to accept it. If we don't accept it, it's going to be very difficult. So by accepting it, it makes it logical to say, oh, data set is very important. It's very, very important. 
Um, but this is what we try to do. And, you know, um, uh, as I tell you, they've opened, you know, it's not easy because you, you people want to publish in high impact factor and data still is not the best. You know, you don't get many citations from data. So we are trying from our side to help them and to shift the focus, you know, from citation to actually the actual activity you do as a research. That should count also, because it's all about recognition. I will say also it's about uh, diversity, if I can call it like this, if I can pick up on the new trend, diversity and inclusion. It's about diversity. Why should we only publish the same type of thing? Why should we only focus on a uh, review of uh, uh, review or short communication or I don't know how you call it, or this classical article? Mm. Everything is, is goes together. So for me, it's uh, really... I mean, it's a no-brainer. I mean, so when I started this job, of course, I'm focused on open publishing, but it makes sense to me to connect both. One doesn't go without the other. Actually, if you publish a book or an article, you use some data to publish it. So why should you ignore it? So I think it's about what we need to do is to find a very good system to recognize this work, recognize the data, and make it easy, because even if we now we put it on a 40U, for example, at a TUDEF or any repository, we are still a lot of work is need to be done. We should stop talking about, um, you know, research footprint, but academic footprint. So, so we can include everything in it. So that's somewhere, I don't remember where, but I think this is a very good point. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, so. Just kind of following on that question, another another follow-up question, as, as this focus on data and data sets becomes, seems to be becoming more intense all the time, and we're seeing new publishing, uh, pub, in, in quotation marks, publishing platforms emerging, then they're actually publicate, they're not, they're public, they're platforms for publication of data sets rather than of, of papers or kind of traditional publications. So a couple that I've become aware of recently, uh, one is called Research Equals, uh, and another one that's in development is Octopus, which is being supported by by JISC in the UK. And the basic notion of both, they're, they're quite different in a way, but in the basic notion of both of them is that th- th- really there is no publication that you take the components of your uh, of your research as you do the research, and then you you publish them, but not in a not in the not in the sense of uh, the, the the data sets themselves are what gets published. Uh, maybe even with very little commentary or no commentary, just here's the data set. So uh, I'm just curious to these platform platforms like Research Equals and Octopus, have you come across them? Are these something that people in the publishing world are are aware of, or, or are they pretty much uh, or, or or not? I'm just kind of curious. No, no, we are aware of them. It's difficult to keep up with them, but we are. Oh no, there are so many of them. But we have to be honest with ourselves. Why do they exist? Why every time you have a different platform coming up? is because what we have, the current model we have, do not fit what the researchers are currently looking for. So we have to be honest with that. And and, and because they are, and also we cannot, from a university perspective, you have to be honest, we cannot keep up with the technology. By the time we implement something, you know, those students, they have already developed something else. <laughs> All these platforms usually are started by in collaboration with researchers who were frustrated, they had a frustration and they are trying to find a solution. And then they, they, they talk to some people and they gather and that's what it is. So I think it's, it is very important because researchers are asking for what? 
a new uh, modern way of uh, for transparent uh, uh, publishing system with different kind of uh, different form of publication, like we mentioned, different object. We have to get away from the classical article, as I mentioned before. So, um, and 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 I think we as publisher we should actually embrace those developments at our university or library, and we should actually help support them so, as much as we can. And because we cannot, that's why I say, keep up with the technology, we should partner with them. We should yeah. definitely partner with them. I think we will benefit from each other. So we have some expertise. They have different expertise. We all have to work together. It's about, this is why, it's, it, this is why we talk about open science, right? It's about working all together, no? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's a good point. I think, and I think these, um, it's kind of interesting when, when you get a new, a new kind of uh, platform like this come up, it's always, they, they always, or they always, it typically people try to present themselves in, in opposition to what are, is already there because that, that's important. You need to distinguish yourself and say, we're doing something new and all that. But I think your approach of, uh, of complementarity and trying to work together is actually more sensible be, than saying, oh, this is going to replace publications. Well, it's not going to replace publications. That doesn't make sense. But and I think TU Delft is probably the, uh, you know, the ideal place for that kind of uh, innovative uh, coupling of things together to take place because you've got so much, so many different things going on in uh, in TU Delft. I mean, I, obviously, I'm not aware of all of them, but um, but you know, you're now actually the third guest from TU Delft who's appeared on the podcast, I, and I think that's a that's a record. That's the most ready institution, <laughs> and it's not an accident because there are so many things going on, interesting, innovative things relating to open science at, at TU Delft. So it must be an exciting place to work, I would think. Uh, and and uh, are there any associations or or collaborations you have with others at TU Delft that you find particularly productive or interesting? It's an exciting place to work, I must say. It's a privilege to be, you know, work and surrounded by students and researchers. Yes, um, I have a couple of uh, projects. So um, there is one project with the 40 research data. Um, uh, it's about, um, we want to work on uh, the pilot. It's a pilot on peer review of uh, research data and software. And you will ask why we want to do this. And it basically is, we want to, and that's what we were talking about before, the different research objects. We want to increase the trust, you know, in research data and software. And we're thinking, what a better way to do it, to review the data set. So um, we are not talking about the metadata, which actually occurs already. And so we're going to talk about another level, about the quality of the research of the research data and software. And this is one of the projects we have in the pipeline. And uh, yes, this is a very, very exciting project. Um, hopefully it will start in the new year. Um, so uh, we see how it goes. Um, we have another project, you know. Um, yeah, it's not a project... Uh, so we launched, because I told you we have community-driven uh, open access journals. So in relation with a researcher, uh, so it's Yun Zi Sun from uh, the Faculty of Aerospace Engineering. Um, he, uh, we launched uh, a journal called Journal of Open Aviation Science. So we just launched it a couple of months ago. What's special with this journal? It's not because it's open. Also because they will do open peer review, but what's special is so the only if whatever article you submit, you have to make your data open. You have to share your uh, the code, 
for all people, and there is really a strong emphasis on reproducibility. And this is actually very new. This is a very, I mean, it's a, it's a bold move, but this is what he wanted to do, and we really like this. And also he have a data article and software article. But actually for me, so bringing fair data, fair software to open publishing or open publishing to fair data or fair software, it's really connecting both. Wow. And that's what we found it very interesting. Yeah. 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 That's yeah, well, I wasn't surprised that the, both of, both of those projects you're working on sound really interesting and innovative. But I'm not surprised because that's what TU Delta is all about: is these kind of you know connections between 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 researchers and and people doing data stewards publishing. But also, you seem to have you seem to have an environment where people who normally wouldn't connect and can cooperate on a project they somehow they do um, because of the, I guess because the environment's so open and. Uh, uh, but because the kind of and I'm, for another example, I know like open open source hardware. I know that's something else that is uh, is being looked at at TU Delft. And oftentimes, the first time I hear about some interesting new innovation, it's I hear about it going on at TU Delft. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe because a lot more, a lot of us has been researcher before different level. I mean, it doesn't matter. Some people, uh, you know, and then we. Actually, we have the freedom, I must say, we must say we have the freedom to, to think, to, to go a bit sidetracked because I still do the classical publishing. Eh? So uh, publishing article books, I still do that. It's my main core business. But still, I have the freedom to explore other options. And that's, that's something I think, I don't know if everyone has it, but this is something we have. And then when we talk with a colleague, we always have this old ideas like, oh, why don't you do this? So it's a stimulating environment. So uh, uh, I... Yeah, I think it for me it's a great place to work. That's uh, <laughs> because you meet amazing people who have amazing ideas, and the researcher also they always come up with such things. And as I say, we sometimes we cannot keep up, and I'm being honest here. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, uh, that's a really great and positive note, I think, to end this uh, really really stimulating conversation. So, so thank you so much for for joining us on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. It has been a real pleasure. Fantastic. Okay, well, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed the discussion. The Fair Data Podcast is provided by fairdatapodcast.org and produced by Meroz Ahmed. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, and follow us on Twitter at Fair Data Podcast. New episodes are produced every other Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. UK, and 5 p.m. Central European time and late in Asia-Pacific. See you then.